Hey everyone, thanks for listening to today's show. I'm Bobby Sylvester, and this is the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I know the offseason just began, but come on, fantasy football is just too fun to wait six months to talk about. So today I'll have Pat Daughtery on to take a super early look at the expert consensus rankings for August fantasy football drafts. Hey Pat, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're all in the fantasy football industry, but I know some people... Uh, Basically, this is going to be a too long of a story. I told someone uh, the other day, like, I, you know, I'm kind of ready to do a draft. And they were like, oh, are you serious? Like, uh, <laughs> I was ready to do like, a draft when the playoffs started, uh, man. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. They were like, I need a break. And I was like, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind doing a draft right now. And I think maybe something's wrong with us. That's uh, <laughs> the, the moral of that story. Yeah, I'm, everyone has weird things about them. But I feel like loving fantasy football this much is like extra weird. It's like the kind of thing that you don't tell your wife's friends about. <laughs> But all the wives' husbands you tell them about, and they think you're so cool. Like, oh, they, that's absolutely yeah, that is absolutely 100 you know? true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, guys, uh, Pat is from Roto World, and he can be found on Twitter at Roto Pat. So, Pat, this Super Bowl, man, it was incredible, and everyone can say whatever they want about 2016. The sports were incredible, though. <laughs> this was probably the best year for sports I can remember in my lifetime. Cubs break the century-long curse, coming back from three-one in the series, and then that amazing Game Seven. I'm a Cardinals fan, but look. That Cubs game, it was phenomenal. It's a great story. Cavs come back from down 3-1 against the best NBA team ever. And I'm sure uh, producer Clinton is over there not very happy that I mentioned that. He's a big Warriors fan. Uh, then there was the big comeback in the NCAA football championship. The NCAA basketball championship was won on a buzzer beater. Helped me beat hundreds of people in my bracket contest, by the way. And now we get by far the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history, 25 points. And before then, it was just 10 points. Someone rooting for the Pats, it was a blast. I mean, I'm sure those Falcons fans, I feel really bad for them. And for those of you haters out there, especially Clinton, Dan Marino's still my number one all-time quarterback. So you guys just, you know, take that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, I saw someone the other day say sports gave definitely gave us more than we deserved in 2016. And uh, everything you mentioned, and you know, it was an Olympic year, the Euro soccer tournament. So uh, sports will always be there for us. Okay, so what we're going to do today, Pat, I've got our expert consensus rankings open. If you're following along at home and want to see what we're talking about, just go to fantasypros.com, click NFL at the top, then 2017 rankings right below that. So Pat, let's start right here at the top. And our first tier has Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, then two wide receivers, Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. Do you agree with the rankings right now that Bell's the top overall choice for next year? It's really tough. Uh... I mean, how do you go against David Johnson? Who, uh, so I mean, it, it's it, to me, it's just like a pick your poison type of thing. There's no real right answer, but I would probably put David Johnson at number one overall. I mean, he was the first guy, I think, since LaShawn McCoy in 2011 to score 20 touchdowns, uh, only the second guy since 2008 to score 20 touchdowns. And he's so young, he. Got hurt in week 17, but he, you know, unlike Le'Veon Bell, he doesn't have an injury history. He doesn't have a suspension history. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can't, you can make plenty of arguments in favor for Le'Veon Bell in this situation, too. There's no wrong answer. But if I was doing a draft um, today, I would probably take David Johnson number one overall. I'd take Johnson, unless we're talking about PPR, then I'm definitely taking Le'Veon Bell. I think David Johnson's touchdowns are going to regress quite a bit, and Bells are probably going to tick up, uh, you know, two, three, maybe even five. But with that being said, everything you said is spot on with the injury history. David Johnson's younger. Um, he just seems like a more durable back the way that he's built, the way that he runs. So I would trust David Johnson right now. I wouldn't mind getting Zeke either at number three. But really, no, if you don't I mean, have one of those top three picks, I think you're at a disadvantage. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, you know, last year's kind of chaos at the top, uh, where even a non-PPR, you know, you saw receivers go number one uh, quite often. You know, two years ago, it was like absolute running back carnage at the top. So then this year, you know, the solution was, you know, we're going to get in on Antonio Brown, Hotel Beckham in the top three. But, I mean, I think you're going to see, no matter the format, you're going to see very few drafts uh, in the summer 2017 where Bell, Johnson, and Zeke aren't some combination of the top three picks. So, it's uh, unlike most years, it's not going to be a very mysterious year at the top. You know, I'm not super opposed to getting Antonio Brown even over Ezekiel Elliott just because he's been so good. What he's done, it's, it's among the best wide receivers in the history of the NFL. And just because he had a down year with the touchdowns, Ben Roethlisberger being out, I think he's going to go overlooked a little bit. He's a really great buy uh, there at number four. And if you have an auction draft, man, I would spend a ton of money on him. I think he's great still. I mean, AB came a little bit down, yeah, from like absurd 2014, 2015 highs. But yeah, I mean, he did, he didn't exactly. Uh, I mean, it's it's not like Antonio Brown looked like a different player in 2016. He was exactly. still the same elite guy, and yeah, I mean, you could. I'd feel very comfortable with him in the top five or six. I mean, yeah, even like you said, maybe even number three. So yeah, I'm definitely not off Antonio Brown. So among those top five receivers, you got Brown, Beckham, Jones, Evans, and A.J. Green. Is Brown definitely your number one, or would you consider someone else up there? I mean, I, I, I'm, I for some reason, I'm like very, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I, I was going to say biased. I don't think it's the right word, but I'm very biased in favor of Odell Beckham, where I'm just like such an Odell lover. And I think aside from Rob Gronkowski, he's probably the best touchdown scorer in the NFL as a pass catcher. And I mean, he, he kind of had like a slightly weird 2016, but end of the year, his numbers were just as dominant. And I mean, he's just been so amazing his first three years in the league and he's still so young. He's just now going into his prime. And have we even seen the best of him? I feel like there's another level that we haven't even seen yet. Yeah. I honestly think there might be, and especially, you know, if he gets his, um, I don't know if if there's a problem or not actually, but if he gets, you know, his emotions more under control, plays more within himself. And yeah, I I agree that I don't think we've seen Odell Beckham's best season yet, which is a, a very, very scary thought. So I wouldn't be surprised if in drafts, I was taking Odell Beckham ahead of Antonio Brown. I'm not saying that's the right answer, but I am a Odell Beckham fan. I think a lot of people are with you. It's pretty close. It's 4.2 for the average for Brown and 4.9 for Beckham. I'm kind of on the fence. Like the upside for Beckham's extraordinary. It, it really is better than even Antonio Brown, but the soft tissue issues he's had early in his career concerns me. And uh, for that reason, I'm taking Antonio Brown above him right now. And I would even take Julio Jones and maybe AJ Green. I like AJ Green more than Mike Evans, but I think AJ Green, I mentioned this last podcast, I think he's the number one most talented wide receiver in football. And I know he's got Dalton throwing the ball. I know he has some injury history, but I just feel like he's so dominant that, um, you know, I would love to spend a middle first round pick on him. Yeah, Green's amazing. He, he seems like every season he kind of has like a kind of an unexplained lull and he's never quite, I mean, this is going to sound absurd in the context of his career numbers. I feel like he's never quite put it all together where he's had, you know, the 16 you know, just one amazing game after another. I mean, his numbers are always there, but he, I don't think – he's clearly a top five receiver, but I don't think I would put him quite in the A.B. Beckham or or even Julio tier. I mean, Julio, you know, there's always going to be kind of the injury issues. He's got the history of foot issues, and you know, now he's got another foot-toe issue that could require surgery. So to me, that's what – that prevents me kind of from putting Julio in the – even though when Julio's healthy, he's every bit uh, Antonio and Odell's equal – but uh, Julio's Ryan, Ryan just of, spreads the ball around so much. It's not like Eli Manning. He's just forcing the ball to Odell Beckham. 
Yeah, and Julio to me is on on par with those guys, but it's got a, the injury history is a tiebreaker for me there, and I just don't think AJ Green is quite, at least in fantasy, has ever quite been on their level. Now moving on to this next tier, tier three, and I'm I'm going to add in Todd Gurley to this list too. Not that he's really in tier three because he was so horrible, but if LA fixes their offensive line, I expect them to. They're probably going to have a better quarterback situation this year as Goff matures a little bit. There's four really intriguing running backs here. You got Jordan Howard and Jay Ajayi, who just kind of came out of nowhere. And right now they're 10 and 11 in ECR. Then you have Melvin Gordon at 17, who was really touchdown driven. He's going to have Danny Woodhead and Keenan Allen coming back. So I really don't like Melvin Gordon. I'd be more inclined to take a shot on Todd Gurley. How do you feel about these four? That's interesting. I don't know where I'd fall on Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon because Danny Woodhead, you know, he is a free agent. He's missed two of the past three seasons with injuries and not not the entire season, but I think he appeared in like one game uh, in 2014 and what, two or three last year. So Melvin Gordon could actually end up having that backfield to himself and he's got an injury history himself, but uh, I don't know. He Melvin Gordon might not be as much of a flash in the pan as some people might think. I mean, it is a former first rounder, obviously. Uh, Good point. I think he's he running back that's saying a lot. Yeah. I think he had the second, not that this has any bearing on it whatsoever, but he's a former first round pick. And I think he had the second highest yards per carry in NCAA history. So it's not like he was some, you know, random schlub kind of coming onto the scene last year. He had a pedigree. And so if Danny Woodhead's Chargers future uncertain, like Melvin Gore could maybe end up being kind of a bit of a bargain in RB9. But uh, it's, a, it's an intriguing part of the board. I mean, Jordan Howard and Jay Ajayi, to me, have definitely earned top 10 running back status. Uh, maybe not quite positive about RB5 and RB6, but uh, I can't really I don't, I don't can't really complain about those guys being in the top eight. And I think maybe Melvin Gordon actually deserves to be in the top eight. You know, that's uh, you're kind of selling me there. I mean, it's so early <laughs> that we can start to form our opinions by talking to other people and seeing what they have to say. And uh, Melvin Gordon was the number four running back last season. And it's not like he's going to get any worse, right? I mean, he's he's young. He's coming into the prime of his career. He's going to have those extra pieces around him. And uh, so maybe they won't put as much attention on him. And we know he's great in the red zone. I mean, his first year, he got zero touchdowns. But he proved this year that he can put the ball in. Yeah, he corrected in 2016 the zero touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting situation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and... uh, you down, yeah, he was kind of a, he was a three down dynamo for a while. He had like a lot of 150 yard from scrimmage games. So yeah, I'm uh, kind of on the Melvin Gordon train here. Howard was just phenomenal when he took over the job. He didn't start for the first four weeks and he still finished with 1300 yards. I mean, this is a superstar right here and you're getting him at number 10. Now I know there's the, uh, the CJ Anderson stigma around him. Like, oh, is he just going to completely flop on us if we take him in the first round? Yeah, yeah, he might, but he also might end up being the number one running back, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he is a little different than C.J. Anders because uh, I mean, he didn't really have – Jordan Howard had a few little health hiccups last year, but he appeared in 15 games, and he's already accomplished a lot more than C.J. Anderson kind of ever did. I mean, C.J. Anderson's right. had two – C.J. Anderson's two nice little stretches in his career, but he, he's never put it together for as long of a period as Jordan Howard did last year. And, I mean, he came out of no, – I mean, he averaged – I think he averaged over five yards per carry, of well over 1,200, 1,300 yards. And I mean, he he was the real deal and caught more passes than maybe I was kind of expecting. So I think Jordan Howard, you know, it's kind of like when a guy only has one year of film or whatever, or one year kind of in the on the fantasy radar, sometimes it's kind of tough to go all in. But, I mean, that was the case with David Johnson last year. And then, he, you know, he came here and was the number one running back. So you can't shy away from those kind of guys Good in point. fantasy. Yeah, and I think I, Jordan Howard, I think, is – Definitely earning his early rank. 
In regards to Ajayi, I mean, he was just so good until that offensive line got banged up, and then he was absolutely nothing. So I would imagine the Dolphins' offensive line is going to be healthy going into next uh, next fall. And if it is, maybe he goes back to rushing for, what, 140, 160 yards every once in a while? Yeah, I mean, Jay Ajayi could go completely bonkers next year. And, I mean, he was – it's an animal when their offensive line is healthy. I mean, it stands to reason they should have improved offensive line health this year. And he's another guy where, I mean, Jay Ajayi, even though he's only – can't remember if he was a third or fourth round pick, but it was a day two or day three pick. And but he was, despite being a day two or three pick, he was really hyped coming out of Boise State. You know, he's a guy that fantasy people kind of honed in on immediately. And you know, he didn't do anything as much as a rookie, but then like his sophomore explosion then didn't really come out of nowhere because he was a guy who had been on the radar for a while. So he, he's another guy. I don't think he's like a a flash in the pan. And I mean, if you have three 200-yard games in one season, I mean, you've got some real upside. And, yeah, I think he's another guy. J.J. completely deserves his his uh, lofty early rank. I'll tell you what, 10-team league, I was already talking about how I would love to have uh, picks one through three. Otherwise, you're screwed, basically. I would love to have pick 10 and just know I'm going to be able to get Howard and Ajayi. I mean, we could be talking about the number one and number two wide uh, running backs. Even above David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, they're just... They're that good. If they play a full season, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them gets 1,800 yards. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's not like they're I most mean, I'm not going to bank on that. But yeah, 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 it's not, it's not their mo- yeah, it's not their most likely outcome, but I agree that it's completely within their range of, uh, range of possible outcomes. All right, let's move on to Tier 4 here. Can you give me one player out of Tier 4 that you really like, or at least that you like more than the other guys? Let's see here. Who catches my eye here in tier four? Um, I might say Michael Thomas. He's going as the wide receiver 10 right now, or I mean, he's ranked as the wide receiver 10 right now. And I think it's completely justified. He finished as the wide receiver nine as a rookie in an offense that was kind of a three headed monster receiver, but he kind of like took command. Of, I mean, Brandon Cooks had one or two really big games down the stretch, but Michael Thomas kind of took command of the. I have no concerns about Michael Thomas, not at all. And uh, you can't really say that about anybody else on this list. Yeah, he took. He took control of that receiver core in the second half of the season. And basically he's another guy. He, he completely lived up to kind of all the preseason hype. All he was, you know, he was really hyped for a real life second round pick, but he lived up to the expectations where he lived up to like his scouting profile and he's ranked as wide receiver 10 right now. I think that's completely justified. Do you think Sammy Watkins is going too high there? I mean, I look at him and I'm just so intrigued. He's the most efficient wide receiver in football. At least he was two years ago, and uh, he's gotten better since then. But he just had another surgery, can't seem to stay on the field. But his upside is just extreme, right? I mean, he we could be talking about him going in the first round this time next year. Um, I love Sammy Watkins, but it makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely pretty high wide receiver 13 for someone with his injury history and you know new new coaching staff, potentially new quarterback, but he's got that insane upside and it's part of the board where it's kind of the question part of the board of receiver because you have Keenan Allen, uh, you have Alshon Jeffrey, you have Allen Robinson who was one of the biggest busts in fantasy last year. So in the context of the part he's at on the board, I mean it, it is high, but I think it's justifiable. Now, looking at Tier 5, there's two guys that I want on every single one of my teams. Keenan Allen, who, look, it was kind of a fluke injury last year. He's going to come back, and he might lead the league in targets. He's probably going to surpass Mike Evans because Phillip Rivers throws the ball to him so much. And then Robert Kelly, man, I watch him on tape, and he looks just like Marshawn Lynch to me. He's running through everybody. You can't knock this guy down. And I think they're going to shore up their offensive line this year in Washington. And I just love Robert Kelly. I would love to get both those guys. I also like Allen Robinson at 31. 
It's interesting. I'm not sure how much I'm on the same page on Keenan and Robert Kelly or not, because Keenan's got, you know, it's kind of a fluke injury, but he's got, you know, he's got a bit of an, he's, He's got a legit injury history. I'll put it that way. You're right. You're right. It's not just one injury. He's got, he's got a even coming out of college. You know, he was kind of labeled an injury concern. So he's got a legit injury history. And you also Tyra Williams emerging as Tyra Williams. You know, looked like down the stretch where he kind of had injury issues of his own that he could be like a legit number one receiver. So maybe he'll soak up more targets than I mean. On paper, Keenan Allen should definitely be a target monster, but. Let's say you can't write off Tyra Williams. You can't write off Hunter Henry taking a bigger target share there. So Hunter Henry, baby, yes. Yeah. So Keenan, I feel like might be properly ranked as the wide receiver fourteen. And Kelly, you know, it's interesting because yeah, he uh, sometimes on film, you know, yeah, he's just like dragging people, like blowing through tackles. But he's also he's not he's not quite the athlete Marshawn Lynch is. Um, he is kind of a total zero in the passing game, and even in standard That's a good leagues. Point. Yeah, even in standard leagues, that kind of hurts your floor and your ceiling if you you're never going to catch any passes. So Kelly, to me, RB fifteen almost seemed a little high for me to be honest for Robert Kelly. Like I think I would definitely take Spencer Ware over Robert Kelly, but you know he's it's he's in the appropriate part of the board. But yeah, I don't think he's like undervalued or anything like that. I think we kind of have different philosophies about how we build our roster. I'm assuming at least because um I don't know I'm a little bit wild with uh with going for upside in the first you know, three or four rounds, I really want to get a superstar or two on my team. And, uh, you know, if you're drafting later, it, it's hard to get those superstars. It's hard to get one of those guys that's not in the top four. So that's why I like the big names like Sammy Watkins, Keenan Allen, who could end up being, uh, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, something like that. Robert Kelly, who I think could really break out onto the scene uh, like Jordan Howard did last year. And the reason that I like to go for those high upside guys is because and a lot of the leagues I play in, if I'm playing an expert league, I'd have to change my strategy. But a lot of the leagues I play in, right, I can just pick up all these guys, uh, all these running backs by building all this depth. And then I've got, you know, four or five starting running backs. And so what if Robert Kelly uh, is a big turd? You know, <laughs> I, I've got another guy that I can just put in place of him. No, yeah. I mean, I don't mind reading. It's just like uh, a lot of times those guys, I, th- I feel like all three of these guys are candidates to maybe end up having more value kind of priced in. I d- if this was their actual price, I just I feel like there may be not quite enough risk priced in where I'm not where it's like making me be super aggressive about targeting them early. But yeah, I'm not like it's not like I, I definitely seek upside. I probably do it more with younger players than a guy like Keenan Allen. Not that he's old, but who's been in the year like three or four league years and already had all these injuries. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's not like I agree with uh, disagree with uh, targeting these really high upside guys because you're right, they all have really high ceilings. All right, let's move on to tier six. And tier six is where it gets a lot bigger. There's several names I really like in here. Nowhere near as much as I like Robert Kelly and uh, Sammy Watkins, Keenan Allen, those kind of guys. But, you know, I've got my eye on Stephon Diggs at 52, man. He is really intriguing. And I know that he's been a bummer for uh, for several games in his career. He's also had some injury issues. But at 52, man, I'm just salivating over here. It's interesting. It's it's a He's another guy. He's going to be a really fascinating guy because – Someone I kind of felt was undervalued is uh, Adam Thielen, who I think is right now is ranked as the wide receiver fifty-two. Yeah, he had almost a thousand yards and six touchdowns, and and he and, didn't even play the full year. Yeah, he went over eighty-five yards in three of his final five games. I mean, he had a two hundred yard game, and so he's the guy I think could be maybe people right now are kind of sleeping on. I don't. I think he's going to be a pretty big factor in that offense next year, and so it can maybe kind of cut into. You know, Stephon Diggs' biggest selling point has always been like a massive target share, but yeah, Kyle Rudolph finally had a, not a complete season, but his, by his standards, his most complete season last year. 
and you had Adam Thielen really come on late, and you know even a guy like uh, Laquan Treadwell who did nothing last year could be reasonably expected to have a bigger role this year. So yeah, for like the third or fourth straight guy, I'm kind of like raining on your parade with the dude. <laughs> no, that's I, I great. Like, I feel like Stephon Diggs, the wide receiver, 26 might even be a little high to me. But you know this, yeah, that's why this stuff is great because this time of year. You, yeah, everyone can have a completely different outlook and apparently we do so far on these guys come, come august i'll probably be like telling people not to get stefan Diggs, <laughs> and you'll be drafting him in every single yeah, exactly, exactly. Works, like exactly um, you know there's so much information out there for us to digest and that's why we're talking about it now so that everyone can start to bounce ideas off one another and the people listening can share that with their friends and you know they can shoot them down and um yeah, yeah, absolutely it's yeah. fun it's like i've heard it explained that fantasy football is like a book club for men you know, these women go, go all weird with their book clubs. Like, I don't get it. I mean, I'm sure there's some listeners who are in book clubs, so sorry. But it's weird to me, right? Um, but, you know, we've got this stuff to talk about, and uh, we don't have to wait until fantasy football season. Like, let's talk about it all summer. Yeah, I agree. Let's get the ball rolling. That's what we're doing. We're getting the ball rolling early. So is there someone in this tier that you love? We're looking tier six here. Yeah, um, tier six. I don't know. This is kind of part of the board where I would struggle. Like this, this part of the board, everyone always seems like properly priced to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, Michael Crabtree will probably outperform wide receiver. Tw- I, I feel like okay, actually, this be uh, I feel like a guy I wouldn't usually want to throw my lot in. But Devonte Adams was, I think, the wide receiver seven this year, and he's ranked as the wide receiver oh, twenty. Man. He's so good. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. I like Devonte. He's, he's still so young, and you know, he kind of proved that. 2015, you know, he was one of the worst players in the NFL, but 2016, he proved it was mostly because he was playing hurt and kind of, he's definitely still a young player with upside and, you know, Jordy Nelson's not getting any younger. Randall Cobb seems to have really plateaued. So, uh, Devontae Adams is a wide receiver 20. I would, if I could make that happen, I would make that happen in a heartbeat. You mentioned Crabtree. Like, why is he ranked so much lower than Amari Cooper? I know Cooper was drafted really high. So was Crabtree, right? And Crabtree's been really good. Cooper's had a chance to prove himself. And Crabtree's the number one over there. There is no way I'm drafting Cooper. And uh, I like Crabtree more than him. It's interesting. I mean, I, th- I kind of understand it because, uh, I mean, Cooper, you can still talk yourself into. There's a lot of untapped upside there that we haven't seen yet. Whereas Crabtree, I, I, you can probably reasonably assume you have a good idea of his ceiling. And it's not a bad ceiling, but there's no more, there's no longer any uh, theoretical untapped potential Michael Crabtree. Like, yeah. You're right. He, he is what he's going to be at this point. Whereas, Amari Cooper, well, how he was a very disappointing season, but for as disappointing as it was, you can still talk yourself into, you know, this guy could explode, have fifteen hundred yards this season. So I, I would say that explains the rankings discrepancy there. This tier is also where we start with the tight ends. We've got Reed. We had Gronkowski a little bit earlier. Are those actually the top two tight ends, or do you like Kelsey more? I mean, it's interesting because you know it's Andy Reed and uh, Jeremy Macklin was hurt for a lot of the year. But you know, he Kelsey still had a lot of big games after Jeremy Macklin came back. Had a lot of big games even after Tyreek Hill became a factor. So I, I wouldn't say Travis Kelsey. I probably wouldn't rank him as the tight end one. I probably would put Gronk and Reed uh, number one and two right now. I think that's probably correct. But I mean, Travis Kelsey is obviously proven without a doubt that he has the tight end one capability, like that potential, and he could easily finish as the tight end one next season. So if you were to rank Travis Kelsey as the tight end one, I wouldn't. You know, especially considering Gronk's injury history, uh, I, I, and, and, and Jordan Reed, yeah, exactly. That's so, why yeah. I like that's why I like Kelsey's because the injury history is just not really there for him. Yeah, so and there's I feel a, like he's safe, and there's really no such thing as a safe tight end besides Kelsey. And I think Hunter Henry this year is uh, 
just going to be a superstar. So I love Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey did have, uh, I can't remember, he did have a big injury a few years ago, right? Uh, did he miss his entire rookie season? I can't remember. But uh, anyways, yeah, he's appeared in like 16 games, three straight years and proven, definitely proven he can stay healthy at the NFL level. And I, if you're going to rank him as the number one tight end, I couldn't really argue with you. Hey, Clinton's sitting here. He's the producer for the show. He's sitting here typing as, as we're talking about tight ends. He loves Greg Olson at number 50. And uh, I don't know how you can't, how you can argue with Greg Olson. I mean, he's the number one tight end for uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I know Newton had some accuracy issues, but Olson was getting so many looks and uh, he's, he's been putting it together for a lot of years. It's kind of interesting. I hit a slow finish to the season, but yeah, he's had th- basically three straight career years, three straight thousand yard seasons, which is extremely rare for a tight end. So yeah, yeah. if you're getting Greg Olson at number 50, uh, even, you know, in his advancing age or whatever, I, I would be uh, very happy about that. Now we've also got the quarterbacks, as I mentioned here, uh, Aaron Rodgers number one, Andrew Luck number two, which I'm not so sure about. Tom Brady at three and Drew Brees at four. Is that the way, the order you would put them in, or are you one of these guys who just doesn't draft a quarterback early? I mean, it you know, depends on the context, obviously. Uh, when I'm in the, my, my friends' leagues, you got to go a little earlier, or you, you know, you'll get stuck playing uh, patty cake kind of with Eli Manning and Andy Dalton. But, you know, in the experts' leagues or whatever, which, you know, I'm, I am i don't like calling myself an expert, but I'm in a lot of industry leagues, obviously. In those leagues, You're yeah, an I mean, expert, you can, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but you can wait and wait. So in those leagues, yeah, I play the game. I wait forever on quarterback. But I would say yeah, this is a very reasonable. I mean, it's, it's aggressive for Andrew Luck, but I think kind of people don't really realize how good Andrew Luck's season was in 2016. And you know, Brady uh, back he's is he, the Super Bowl. I thought it was interesting. He kind of really for the first time noticed like kind of a lack of velocity on his passes, but he had 450 yards or whatever. So I mean, he's still very much at the top of his game. Drew Brees was incredible last year. So I, yeah, I have no quibbles with uh, the top four quarterbacks. I'm always the guy who, uh, who tends to wait on quarterbacks. Um, but this year, I think it's going to be a lot different for me. I'm looking at the stats from last season and Aaron Rodgers was the number one quarterback by 33 fantasy points. That's two points per game. And look, I, I know if, if uh, Tom Brady had played the entire season, he would have been up there near Aaron Rodgers, but you know, he's he's a lot older than Aaron Rodgers, and I just trust Rodgers a lot more. I think we can expect two points more per game. And at number 45, to get that kind of value above replacement, I think that's an extraordinary deal. We're used to seeing quarterbacks go somewhere between 15 and 30 as the number one quarterback, and they're talking at 45. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking him before then for sure. Yeah, I mean, the value looks like it might be better this year, so absolutely. All right, let's move on down to tier seven, and then we're just going to finish up by talking about, you know, all the guys after that, some kind of sleepers that uh, that we think are ranked way too low. So is there anyone in tier seven that kind of stands out to you? Uh, you know, I mean, Jamison Crowder at wide receiver 29 is kind of interesting. If uh, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon both leave, Jamison Crowder probably finishes about the wide receiver 29 last year. He seems to have extreme chemistry with Kirk Cousins. So You've got that it, right. And wide receiver 29 right now, Crowder doesn't strike me as a particular bargain uh, right now. But yeah, if those guys leave, uh, I'd be very happy. Especially because yeah, yeah, those two guys could be leaving. You know, Jordan Reed's injury history. And Jamison Crowder is a really small guy who st- seems to be a, uh, you know, a very heavily targeted red zone threat. So uh, he's the guy probably of anyone in Tier 7 who strikes me as someone who could be in a, a real value and really outperform his ranking. I love the three guys there at the bottom. Jamal Charles, upside. He's the all-time NFL leader in yards per carry. He's still young enough that I think he can make a difference. Now, he's probably not going to be in Kansas City, but um, wherever he ends up, 
I have no reason to believe that he's not going to dominate if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. 67 for a guy who can be an RB1, man, that's a great price. And then Kenneth Dixon, who everyone who listens to the show all last season knows that I love Kenneth Dixon. And if he takes over here as a workhorse, man, Kenneth Dixon is going to be really, really good. And then finally, Brandon Marshall, who look, I know three touchdowns, 788 yards. But if you look at his career stats, every single year, except for the the season that he was dealing with that injury, which is what he had last year, we're talking about a thousand yard receiver and someone who gets 150 targets. I think we can expect the same thing next year, 150 targets, a thousand yards. And with that, it's probably going to come, you know, five, six, seven, eight, maybe even double digit touchdowns and getting uh, that kind of upside at number 69, the wide receiver number 31. I love it. And he's a really interesting case because uh, he is getting older. He did just have his worst season. And it's kind of hard to know where he's going to be playing. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy, depending on where he ends up, could be a, a massive bargain. As the it reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald from last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting comparison there. And like Kenneth Dixon, all aboard the Kenneth Dixon train. Uh, I mean, there's he's just a he could be a special player, and he's in a great situation. Jamal Charles, I feel like actually might end up back with the Chiefs on like a reworked contract or something. And he's a guy where I'm really not sure if. Uh, I mean, like you said, he is he is literally the all time NFL leader in yards per carry. But you know, he's kind of two years in a row now wrecked by knee issues. He's on the wrong side of thirty and. I feel like teams might try to kind of make him a part of a committee. I don't know if anyone's going to rely on him as like a three down uh, foundational back anymore. So yeah, clearly he's got insane upside. I mean, it's Jamal Charles, but I I don't know. Even with just 15 touches for the chiefs back then, he was always one of the top three or four running backs in the NFL. So I don't know, give him 12, 14 touches. (laughs) Maybe he's still an RB one. Yeah. I mean, he is a guy where, um, yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's going to go as the RB 27, it's a definite, like a, moderate risk, very high reward pick. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you on that front. All right. Sleepers here. I've already heard a lot of people talking about Amir Abdullah and what I saw on tape. I think he can be really special, but I'm not so sure he's a sleeper. I think he's going to be one of these guys that ends up moving up ECR as the summer goes on. He gets a lot of hype. I think he'll probably be uh, overdrafted, but he's someone I definitely have my eye on along with everyone else. Uh, There are two guys that I just absolutely love way down here. I already mentioned Hunter Henry. I think he's going to end up being the top tight end in football one of these years. Probably not next year, but where he's going right now, tight end 11. I love it. And then Rashard Matthews, who, you know, when he played two years ago, he had this streak of games, eight games where he was a top 10 wide receiver. He did it again last year at the end of the season. Now that he's got the chemistry with Mariota, he's wide receiver 41. I'm taking him way before then. Who are some guys that stand out to you here, Pat? Yeah, Rashard Matthews definitely caught my eye as someone who could be an extreme bargain at his current rank. Uh, I'm very surprised to see Kirk Cousins as the QB 11. I mean, I think I can't remember. He had like a top 15 passing season yardage wise all time last year. It's an offense that's going to, you know, knock, even if they lose those two receivers, they're not going to stop passing. He was QB 5 last year, QB 9 two years ago. I'm not really sure why people still don't believe in Kirk Cousins. You know, you don't have to love his real life game necessarily but he's a very established fantasy commodity i see no reason for that to change next year i would uh, i think Derek carr is probably a better real life player but i would definitely draft Kirk cousins ahead of Derek carr i'd probably draft him ahead of deck prescott probably draft him ahead of even cam newton to be honest me too even maybe even I'm with ben you. roethlisberger because 
Ben Roethlisberger doesn't seem capable of playing 16 games anymore. Ben's he's last on my list out of all those guys. I don't trust the injury issues. I don't trust him in away games. There's no way I'm putting him on my team. Yeah, and he's got, even with like two of the best skill players in the NFL, I mean, arguably the best receiver and best running back, they have a thin skill core, really. Behind those two guys, they don't have a third weapon right now. Yeah. And so, yeah, Kirk Cousins, to me, is a top five or six quarterback, and I, he he's really strikes me as an extreme value as the QB 11 All right, Pat. Well, we're out of time here. So I just got to ask you one more question about a guy that I'm super fond of. I was so pumped about him last year. I traded for him in my uh, my work league. And then the next week he goes out for the season. Kevin White killed me, man. But this year's the year. Kevin White is going to be awesome. (laughs) I mean, he was getting a very, very surprising amount of targets before he got hurt. Uh, I mean, history has not been kind really to receivers who missed their entire first season. And he's kind of missed now almost his entire first two seasons. But, I mean, there's a reason he was such a high draft pick. Uh, he's got, got extremely high upside. and He has some of the best athleticism in the league. Yeah, and he'll probably almost be free. So, uh, yeah, Kevin White, yeah, he'll probably be a, a great dart throw. And, you know, the the like 12 to 16 round range of fantasy drafts. Maybe he'll end up being more expensive than Not that. Not me, man. He's my wide receiver number one. I'm building my entire team around <laughs> Kevin White. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's going to be a very interesting guy next summer because yeah, it's uh, – yeah, he's yeah. It's just, he's going to be like one of the premier risk reward guys, where you can make a very strong case on either side. Yeah. All right, Pat. Well, that's all the questions we have for you today. Really appreciate you coming on. It was so much fun talking to you about this. I can't wait to do my first mock draft. I'm probably going to go do it right now. Um, we've got the draft simulator up right now, and uh, I've been craving it, so I'm, I'm going to do it. It sounds like a plan to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pat. Well, uh, I hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you later. You too, guys. My pleasure. And for those of you listening at home, we're not going to do another show for a while, maybe two or three weeks. We're going to be talking about free agency with another one of these experts. So make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss the shows when they come out over the off season. Also, jump on over to the Fantasy Bros Baseball Podcast. Get geared up for the baseball season. I host that show, too. We're having a lot of fun uh, talking about the rankings. Going to do some mock drafts here coming up. So take a listen to that Fantasy Pros Baseball Podcast. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me just all.